Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Thank God. Before you're seated, will you turn around to about four or five people, just wave at them. Let them know that you see them today. We see you, we see you, we thank you for everything. Hallelujah. Isn't it good just to be able to be in the presence of the Lord? No place I'd rather be. You can go to Disney. I ain't paying for it, but you can go to Disney. Church is so much cheaper than Disney. You can go to Disney. You can go. I don't even know. I've never even been. Splash Mountain, Magic Mountain, what, what's it called? I don't even know. You can go to all Space Mountain. Is that it? Is that right? Thank you. You can go to all of these attractions and you can be entertained. Or you can come into the presence of God and be changed. Yes, that's, that's, that's reason to praise the Lord today. God, we thank you today for your presence. If you've got your word today, I want you to open it up with me to Habakkuk chapter two. I'm gonna pick up right where we started or ended last week. Um, I just wanna take a moment to thank everybody for being here in the presence of the Lord today. If it is your first time today, I say welcome to Legacy Church today. I say welcome to Legacy. If it's your first time, if you received a card when you walked in, um, uh, please be sure you fill that out. If you did not receive the card and you'd like to sign up for things, you can get a card as you leave or there's a number that's coming up on our screen. You can text VIP to that number and all the information will come to your phone. Then right after service, um, as uh, as you're leaving, be sure you take your, your card. Be sure you take... Um, your phone and just let uh, let them know that you filled it out and they'll give you a special gift for being here today. So be sure you do that for us. And as your pastor, I want to say thank you so much for your continual faithfulness in your tithes and with your offering. Whenever you do that, it allows us to do some incredible things as you've seen these last few weeks and not only here in our city, but literally around the world. And I just want to say thank you so much. And if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing through our giving, uh, you have some options there up on the screen. You can give as you leave today. Our ushers will be there. You can get an envelope, get all the information there. They'll be there to serve you. Or uh, you can give online at LegacyChurchRome.org. Or if you'd like to text, you can text the number up on the screen there for the ways of giving. And um, I believe that's a next slide there for giving. Thank you, because I can't remember all these numbers myself. So uh, text uh, your amount, any amount to that number right there, and they will uh, get that all situated for you. So thank you so much for doing that. And today is a special day as we just, we're just taking a few moments today just to say thank you to all of our uh, leaders who serve with me that oversee ministries of this house. Uh, and that is uh, Chase Johnson, which oversees our, our, our worship ministry. Uh, Kirsty Mangum, who oversees our student ministry. And Heath and Meredith Bone, which oversee our children's ministry. We just want to say thank you to them. And if you brought a card, a gift, whatever, there's some baskets out before. You can drop those off. Or if you forgot, you're more than welcome to bring those next week. We're not looking for, uh, we're not looking for uh, gifts or anything. We're looking for encouragement. So even if you can just write a thank you note, if you have a child in children's ministry or you enjoy our worship ministry, just, just, a, just a note is enough just to say thank you and we appreciate you. So if you did not do that this week, be sure you do it next week. <clears throat> And uh, next week in our 1145 service, I'm going to tell you this, uh, whenever whenever 10 o'clock hits tomorrow, go ahead and reserve your seats if you want to be in this service, because next week we have about 15 to 20 people that are coming. They are on a launch team. They are uh, planning a church in Fort Payne, Alabama. And anyway... um, Anyway, they will be here with us, and they're going to be observing the way we do things. I believe they're launching in January, and we're going to be feeding their entire team downstairs after church, and we're going to bless them with a financial gift because we know we have been there. If you remember Legacy Church, we were there. We would take anything from anybody. We didn't care. Just please. So uh, that's where they are at, and they need us. 
several more tens of thousands of dollars before they launch, and we're gonna bless them next week. So they're gonna be in this service. So if you wanna be in this service at 10 o'clock tomorrow, you better reserve your seat because we probably will not, everyone in here probably will not be able to get in next week because we'll have a lot of seats that are filled up by some guests. So just giving you that heads up. Um, so be sure you do that. And I also, uh, I've been meaning to do this for a while, but uh, the Vanderhorns, I wanted to congratulate them. They were from South Africa. And how many weeks ago? Four weeks ago, they became legal citizens of the United States of America. They went through all the legalities. How many years is that? 17 years they have been in this process and they've done everything legally and that and we just uh i thought that was worth uh giving a shout out to and i just wanted to to say welcome and we're so glad that you are a part of the united states of america so thank you amen if you have your bibles open up with me to habakkuk chapter 2 today habakkuk chapter 2 Yes, thank you. I knew I was forgetting something. Also, uh, this, this week is Veterans Day on Thursday, I do believe. Isn't it Thursday? Wednesday, thank you. Wednesday. And um, we, we just want to say thank you to our veterans today. We have a gift card for everyone who has served. But right now, we would love for you to stand up. If you have ever served in any branch of the military, would you just please stand up today? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you for your service. Thank you for your dedication to our great nation. You are the reason we're able to vote. You are part of the reason that we have freedoms to gather in a house like this, and we don't take it lightly, and we say thank you so much. So as you leave today, Sarah will be at the front door, and she will be giving you all uh, some gift cards. I believe to a Chick-fil-A, okay? So you can't get much better than that. So <clears throat> there you go. All right, Habakkuk chapter 2. Last week, I started uh, talking about finished, and I thought it was going to be a one-service a one deal. And as I was reading this week, uh, I realized I wanted to continue because um, God, what, what God starts, he will finish. Amen? Whatever God starts in your life, if God started it, he will finish it. It is his promise. He will do it. Uh, his promises are yes and amen. He will make it happen. If he started it, he will finish it. Finishing is in his DNA. It's who he is. And if you are a child of the Most High God, it is in your DNA. When you were in your mother's womb at the time of conception, you started living a life. Amen. And as soon as you started living that life, God was weaving you together inside of your mother's womb. And not only was he creating a worshiper, not only was he creating a servant, not only was he creating a giver, but inside of your mother's womb, he was putting something in you called a finishing spirit. Amen? He was making you a finisher. He, he, he never intended for you to quit. The only time he wants you to quit is whenever you throw up your hands and say, Lord, I can't do it alone. I need you to help me. Amen? Amen. But inside of your being, inside of, of, of who you are, there is a finishing spirit. It's in your DNA if you are part of the body of Christ. And as we are in a pandemic, as we are in this political uh, upheaval that we are watching, as we are watching our nation be divided, as we are watching churches divided. Last week, I started talking about vision because it is so imperative, not only the church as an organization, but individual, every individual, you need to have a vision of what God wants for your life because it is so easy to be distracted. How many of you have been distracted this week? Uh, starting Wednesday, I turned off all the media. I turned off the news. I just couldn't watch it anymore because I was here and I'm trying to write a sermon, and as I told first service, I never, I never feel anxious. Really, I don't feel like I deal with anxiety. I don't really deal with anxiety. Uh, I, I 
I would rarely say I have anxiety, uh, but come Wednesday, I, f- I was in this place alone, and I felt like I was just about to have an anxiety attack. I felt the weight of a nation. I felt the burden of, of the local church, and it was all weighing so heavy on me, and I literally was trying to write a sermon with my computer, with my Bible open, while, while, while Fox was in the back background, literally on, and I'm trying to listen, and, I'm, and I just felt the Lord say, you need to unplug right now. And I just turned everything off, and I've been that I've been that way all week. Anytime the news comes on or Sarah turns on, I'm like, turn that off right now, turn it off. I don't want to, I don't watch it, I don't watch it. Uh, I've been that way this week, and um, even with our kids, I'm like, turn it off, turn it off. Uh, so uh, I and I finally got to because I, I was like, if I can't get over this, I don't know if I can stand in front of the people because I felt so heavy, I felt so anxious about it. And whenever I turned it off, there was a breaking in my spirit that allowed me to get here today. And I encourage you in this season, you've got to have a vision of what God wants for you. You've got to, if, if, if we do not start to see something inside of us, if we can't get to the place where we start to say things like, it doesn't matter what is being said. I know what the Lord has said. It doesn't matter what is going on around me. I know what the Lord has shown me and I'm going to finish this year. I'm going to finish this thing. I will not die, but I will live, declares the Lord. I'm going to do it. If you, if we can't get to that place, you will find yourself stuck in between seasons and you will find yourself stuck time and time again because the enemy has a job in this in this hour, in this America that we are living in, for the church, guess what? The enemy has a job for the church, and his job is to make what you see, when you see things out here, that will make you think what is in here can never happen. That, that, that vision that he gave you, that word that you've been hanging on to, that prophetic word that was spoken over you, that you've had hidden the word that you've had hidden in your heart. The devil's job is to make you see things out there that will make you think what is in here will never be able to happen. And I have been watching this week and I have been watching Christians stumble over over, over the news. I've been watching Christians fall and, and lose their vision over these last eight months, over these last few days. And it concerns me. And I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm starting with uh, verse one in Habakkuk chapter two. And I know that we were there last week, but I'm going to kind of pick right up where I left off because the word says, it says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart. The rampart was like a big wall that had a large landing on top. I will set myself on the rampart and I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Isn't that interesting? To set this up, to kind of set this narrative up, Habakkuk had reached a phase where he was somewhat physically finished. He's like, I'm done with this. I don't like this. He did not like the way the Lord was handling things. How many of you have ever been in a situation where, if you were being honest, you did not like the way the Lord was handling things? If you can't raise your hand, you're probably lying because we've all been in that place where we're like, God, what are you doing? I don't want that person to be blessed. I want to be blessed. We've all been there before, probably. It's called jealousy, and we've all dealt with that. Amen? We've all been in that place where we felt like the Lord really did not know what he was doing. And if you've ever found yourself in that place, what you are eternally saying is, is pretty much, excuse me, Lord, I think I can handle this better than you. I think I know a little more than you do. And Habakkuk was feeling this because he was seeing some inconsistencies, if you will, with the way that God <clears throat> was carrying out works, the way that God was doing things. Here, God is saying, I'm going to fill my earth with, with my glory. I want to fill the north, the south, the east, the east and the west with my glory. But guess what? I'm going to do it with Israel's enemies. I will use enemies to bring it to pass. Habakkuk did not understand it. He did not like it. He, it wasn't sitting well with him. How God could use enemies to bring something good into your life. And in this season of, of mudslinging and name calling, I want to encourage you to be very careful Because God just may use your enemies to bring something great to pass in your life. 
God can bring, God can use bad before you join in the crowds. Habakkuk wanted the glory to come down on earth. He wanted the nation to be filled with glory, but he did not want the battle that brings the glory. And, and if, if we've complained, we've been there and Habakkuk was there. He was finished and ready to tell God how to run things and how, what he needed to be doing. He was saying, God, I like your promise, but I don't like your method. And then it's funny because he then says, if you read, I'll just sit down and wait for the Lord to correct me. How many of you have ever been there where you said something stupid and then you realized it was too much and you said, no, I'm going to sit down and just let the Lord correct me. He was at that moment and he's like, I don't like the way it's going. So I'm just going to sit back and wait for the Lord to, 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 to correct me. But notice what Habakkuk says here. And I love this verse and I've really, uh, I've read it so many times. I've preached about it, but I've never really seen this side of these few little words here that I want to share with you today. I love this verse because he says, I'm going to sit here and watch what he will say. Hmm. I'm going to watch what he will say. Usually, if you're caring about what someone is saying, you are listening to what they will say. But this man says, I'm going to watch what he will say. In other words, I want, to, I want God to say it, but I want to see it. How many of you have been there? I want God to say it, but I want to see it. He is saying, God is going to say something, and I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it in my spirit. God is going to say something, and it's going to paint a picture in my soul that I will not be able to forget in the middle of turmoil. God is going to say something, and it will be like fire shut up in my bones. Amen. God God is going to say something and no one will be able to detour me from, from, from it where I am until where I am looks like the finished product of what God has promised. God is going to say something and I shall see it. God is going to say something and I will not miss it. And the church today must get to the place where they say, God, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. God, but whatever you say, I want to see it. I don't want to miss a thing, Lord. Aerosmith used to say, I don't want to miss a thing. The church has got to get there where they don't want to miss a thing that the Lord has. We don't, we, we don't want to miss what Fox has. We don't want to miss what CNN has. And we are sitting back when God is pouring out his spirit all across this nation. And we're sitting here like, God, what is next? No, I don't want to miss a thing. When God pours it out, I want to be under the spout where the Holy Spirit is being poured out today. We can't miss what God is doing. I didn't use that song the first time. That was, I don't remember that one. That was a good opportunity. Verse 2, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Listen, a vision is not a wish. I wish for this. Oh, God gave me a vision. No, that's not the way it is. A vision is a picture followed by strategic steps. And this is where a lot of people mess up. They get the vision but they don't follow strategic steps. So what that means is once the word has come, once I have seen the picture, once I have called it in my spirit, once I have stored it away in my belly that the enemy cannot take it away, I've got to make sure that my actions come into alignment with the direction of the vision. And this is the same for the church. He says, if you want to see it come to pass, the first step you need to do is make it plain. This is where a lot of people kind of fall whenever they're trying to start ministries and things. They, 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 they have a vision and they want people to support it and they want, and they want people to fund those things. But when it comes time, the, the, the problem is it's not plain enough for anybody else to catch it. I want to help people. Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. I just want to help people. Many times in ministry, I've been in full-time ministry since 
2005 pretty much. And in this process, so many people throughout the years say, let me share this vision with you. Do you think this is from the Lord? And, 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 and what can I do? And how do I do it? And, uh, they, they, and, and they're wanting some information about it. They, they have a vision. They want people to support it. They want people to buy into it. But the problem is that there's no details. It's not plain enough for somebody just to read it and say, oh, I know what that is about. Many times in ministry, I have seen this. And I, and I can't lend my support to something. I can't, I, can't, I can't open it up for the church's finances to support it if people can't run with it. How can I run with you if I have no idea where you are running to? And this is where the church is today. where Our vision has been scattered. And then I have seen those people that have it plain. They have made it so simple. It is, it is, it is five words or less. They all start with A. And everything is simple. Everything is good. They're highly organized. They have the planners. They have the tabs, but they can't run with it. That's the problem. Why? It has nothing to do with their BMI. It has nothing to do with their age. Amen. But they can't run. Spiritually speaking, they can't run. Why can't they run? Why is the church not running in this hour? Because as soon as one ounce of adversity rises up against them, they are done. Hmm. Done. So let me break this down. If God gives you a vision, you better be prepared for adversity. You better be prepared for adversity. I have never seen a vision come into fruition that did not require a fight from heaven. I have never seen anything of the kingdom be birthed that did not require a fight. I have never seen anything that was easy. I've never seen someone with a finishing spirit that did not know how to fight. And this is what makes me so nervous about the church today. I'm preaching to the church today. This is what makes me so nervous about the church that I am witnessing. I have seen how she has been acting over the last eight months and she had a vision and she was running, but as soon as adversity hit her, as soon as something did not go her way, as soon as there is a shift that she did not see coming, she can no longer run. She has stopped dead in her tracks, and she loses, and she has lost the vision, and now she's not able to finish the race of this year, and all of a sudden, she becomes like blind Bartimaeus on the roadside begging, Lord, have mercy on me. I have seen the church get to this place. And I have wept over the church this week. I have shed tears over the church this week. As I see her losing vision in the middle of pandemic, let me tell you something. The church should not be closed in the middle of a pandemic. We may have to close two or so weeks for this thing to pass us by, but there's the church doors need to be open in this hour because God is calling a church to run. And if you are going to finish this year successful, the church must get to a place. You must get to a place where you literally pick yourself up, dust off your shoulders, throw back those shoulders, put your hands on your hip and say, I will be like a tree that's been planted by the water. I shall not be moved. I will finish this thing. This thing will not finish me. I will finish it. I will win. Vision carriers and finishers know how to self-motivate themselves. Let me tell you something. In this life we are living, you better know how to motivate yourself. You better know. Because one minute somebody will be for you. The next minute somebody will be against you. Finishers, vision carriers understand there will be times when they don't have an encouragement committee standing behind them. They know they have to keep going whether people are with them or without them. They know they have to fight not only opposers, but posers. 
How many of you are tired of the posers in your life? They can't stand up in the middle of turmoil. They, the, the, the finishers, they have the ability to get up on their feet when everybody else is sitting. Stand up on their feet in the middle of turmoil and just say, greater is he that is within me than he that is within this world. And in this day, in this time, God is looking for a church that knows how to run. The word says, make it plain that they may run who reads it. They may run who read it. The great thing about vision is it causes people to run. And I've never really seen this until I was working out this week. The great thing about vision is it causes people to run. It says, make it plain so as soon as they read it, they can run with it. Guess what? It not only will make people run to you, but it will cause some to run from you. That's why you need a vision. So whenever the enemy comes, comes up against you and says, you're not a child of God, you're this person, you say, no, 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 this is who I am, and he runs from you. That's why demons flee. Demons flee from people who have visions. Why does the devil not want you to have a vision in this hour? Because where there is no vision, the people perish. And in this hour, God is speaking to his people to run. I spoke about the remnant last week. If you didn't catch that, be sure that you go back and talk and listen about the remnant. But let me tell you the truth. This little nugget, this, 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 this little phrase here, this nugget will take a lot of anxiety off of your life. And this is the truth. There will be people that come in and there will be people that go out of your life. And God meant it to be that way. Have you lost friends the last week? Rejoice in it. Rejoice. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Just rejoice. We want everyone to stay. We want everyone to be our friend. But it was not meant that way. God did not intend it to be that way. There are people that have, been, that have been in my life for a season. There are people in organizations that I was in for a season. And God knew that I needed them for that season. But guess what? When we parted ways after the season, guess what? I didn't die. I'm still alive. Just because somebody in this hour walks away from you does not mean that you are going to die. Church, wake up. Just because sister so-and-so isn't here, just because sister so-and-so ain't coming to church, don't mean you can't have church. Just because somebody isn't here, just because somebody has quit the faith, doesn't mean that we're all going to die. People have walked out of my life and guess what? I'm still here. I'm still fine. I'm still alive. My life did not end because somebody decided not to stay. And some of you are in this season of abandonment right now, this season of isolation and quarantine, and you feel like there's nobody that is running this race with you. Somebody has left you. Something has been removed from your life. You lost that job. You feel like your life is over. No, you don't understand how God works. You think it's tragic, but God sees it as provision because if you've been alive long enough, you will understand understand that some people are planted by God himself and some people are planted in your life by the devil. And it's that vision that will keep you focused. Why do we need to be able to run? Why do we need to be able to run with it? So we can grab the people that need to run with us and leave the people that do not need to be in that vision, that do not need to be in this chapter of life. Make it plain so who read it can Run. Make it plain so others can run with it. Get this. I have never seen a vision that was for one man. Mm. I have never seen a vision from God that was for man alone. And throughout my years of ministry, listening to people tell me visions and dreams and these things, people say, how do you know if it's from God? I know, if it's, I know it's from God if it benefits the kingdom more than the person talking. Amen. Mm. I know it's from God when I'm sitting down in front of a young man or a young woman that's telling me the vision for her life or vision for ministry. I know, it's, I, know, I know they're going to finish it. I know it's going to come to pass if they are saying we more than me. Because God's visions, visions that bring you to the finish line always require other people. And that is why I'm so worried about the church today. 
I'm so worried about a church that has found comfort in their pajamas and in their comfy chairs. I weep over that church. I weep over the church that has retreated to their pajamas and comfy chairs. I weep over the church that is at home right now in their Snuggie. I weep over them. I weep over them because they were meant to run this race together. And this is why I'm worried over a group in the church as a whole that has gotten so used to an online experience. I'm going to preach this thing and I'll preach it by myself today. How many times have I talked to people and they say, well, it's just so easy. The devil is a liar. And you, in a state of isolation, you are removing yourself from the vision that God has for your life. You can, you can download a lot of things, but you can't download the presence of God. Presence of the Lord, it can travel through sound waves. It can travel from here. If we're doing something, there's somebody in China can watch it. But I am telling you, there is something different when the word is being spoken over you and you, you are surrounded by a group of believers and the spirit is falling. Let me tell you something right now. Everybody that is going to listen to this message today did not feel what I felt when somebody took off running in this place. It's a totally different feeling and you are missing it. The church is missing it because we've got so comfortable in our pajamas, in our comfy chair, and we can watch it whenever it is easy. The devil is a liar. But let me tell you something today. There is a remnant in this place. They are so tired of the status quo church. They don't care about lies. They don't care what song. They just want to be in the presence of the Lord. There is a remnant. They don't care if they have to wear a hazmat suit to come into the house of the Lord. They will go. They don't care. They will not forgo. They will not not forsake the assembling of people together in the name of the Lord. I don't care if I've got to wear a hazmat suit. I told first service I'll put a big legacy logo on it and I'll start a new trend up in here. I may look like a beekeeper, but guess what? I will not miss the presence of the Lord. I will not miss a move of the Spirit just because somebody no, 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 no. The church has got to wake up. Where is the church? Stand up and be counted, young man. You are the church. Where is the church that will be like there and say, I am the church? Where is the church in the middle? You over here pouting because somebody didn't get elected. Let me tell you what. Revival can happen right now. I don't care who's in Washington. Guess what? Because one day every senator will bow. Every congressman or woman will bow. Every president will bow before the Lord. And guess what? There's no president that can start or stop a move from God. Where's the church in the middle of pandemic? Where is the church? We have retreated. Why? Because we have lost what God has called us to do. They don't care if they've got to wear a hazmat suit. There is, there is a remnant that, yes, we care about the election, but the election will not detour us from what God has called us to do. There is a remnant right now that is putting on the full armor of God right now. And guess what? They are putting on brand new Nikes, and they are lacing them up because they are ready to run because they are saying today no devil in hell will stop us from advancing the kingdom of God and no matter what I'm not going to miss when God pours out his spirit yes verse 3 for the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it will speak it will not lie Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. We talked about tearing last week. To tarry. Doesn't say it may, it says it will tarry. Help me out. Tarrying. This has been the year of the impossible. Lynn is going to help me out. This is Lynn. Everybody say, hey, Lynn. Amen. This is Mama Lynn to the band. She keeps everybody in order. 
I like to come to some practices. I don't know, I don't, I don't know music. I don't think I can sing. I can't play an instrument. I just like to come sometime and just hear what's going on and see what they're doing. And I can tell how it's going by the look on her face. <laughs> if she's smiling like this, it's good. But every once in a while, she's doing like this. And then she usually says, somebody's off. <laughs> and then I've seen her call the person out before. <laughs> but she's going to help me today. She's playing Mission Impossible. This year has been a year of impossibles. That relationship didn't make it through COVID. Aren't you glad it didn't now looking back at it? Aren't you glad you didn't marry that man? Woo! He's a way maker. Let that other girl have him. He ain't worth it. It was a year of impossible. Everywhere, every time we try to do something. Do you realize how hard it is planning anything these days in the middle of COVID? Do you realize it? It was a year of impossible. Going to three services, it felt impossible. How are we going to do this? Everything, every direction we would go, every direction you've been, school has felt impossible. Those of you that had to teach your kids, it felt impossible. Those of you that had to quarantine your kids, it felt impossible. Jobs felt impossible. If I had to do another stupid Zoom meeting, it's so impossible. It, 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 it's so impossible. But he says, guess what? It, it, it will tarry. It will tarry. That means wait. It will wait. Ooh. Wait is one of the worst words in the English dictionary. I said this morning, it's right. It, it, it goes wait and then the word moist. Those are two of the worst words in the English dictionary. And they're right next to each other. There's wait, then there's moist. Both are just horrible. Nobody likes to wait. I have a gift of patience, but I don't like to wait. I can wait something out, but I don't like to. He says, you will have to wait for it. Whenever I was looking up the word wait in the Hebrew, it just began to open up a new meaning to what wait is. It says that it shall come to pass that you've got to wait for it. The word in the Hebrew, the word wait means, one of the, one of the uh, words that was used to describe it means like a military soldier preparing for an ambush. Woo. of you have walked around 2020 like this, like, what's next? Who got COVID? I don't want COVID. Don't touch my kid. Put on that mask. Six feet right now. Who's got it? It's impossible. What's going on? All of a sudden, but the church didn't think wait was like an ambush. The church thought Waiting means go home and get on your Xbox. Waiting doesn't mean you go home and binge watch Netflix. Waiting doesn't mean you go and get on a new dating app. Waiting does not mean that you go and get on Facebook. No, it means that you are like a military soldier waiting for an ambush. And if something comes in your path that's not belong there, you pounce on it because it's not going to steal your vision. And as soon as God says something and you see it, you grab hold of it because it's the word of the Lord. All of a sudden, the church is back here, but God is calling the church to wait like soldiers. It may seem impossible, but God is calling the church just to get up here like a soldier. In other words, I am sitting in this position of rest. 24 hours a day. The problem with the church is we're not sitting here 24 hours a day. We're only ready for about an hour and a half a week on a Sunday. God is calling the church 
wake yourself up. Get in a position of ambush. And whenever something comes in your path, pass on it because that's what God is calling the church to do in this hour. Listen, you need to get in a spiritual ambush mode. You need to stop trying to be cute in church. I'll call you out. I don't care about your heels. I don't care about your new hairdo. Because sometimes breakthrough comes when you take off running. And everybody else is wondering what went on. You just say, I just got a breakthrough. I just got an ambush. Something just happened. I want to speak and I'm going to declare over this body today. There is a spiritual there is a spirit of ambush that is coming upon our church. This today is November the 8th and I declare it over your house. Can somebody agree with me today? Somebody say 8th. It's November the 8th. Today is November the 8th. Guess what? We've got eight more weeks of 2020. You should shout right about now because it's almost over. Today is November the 8th, and we've got eight more weeks of 2020. I want to tell you today that these next eight weeks for you are going to define your life more than the last eight months have. Why? Because today is the eight month day when pandemic started right here in our city. So today is November the 8th. We've got eight more weeks of this year. We've been in this mess for eight months. Whenever I look to the Bible to see what the Word is saying, eight in the Bible is symbolic of new beginnings and of hope. Oh my God, I feel like somebody's about to step into a new beginning these next eight weeks. These last eight months have been one of despair, but you're about to step into a season of hope. You thought it was impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Get up on your feet with me today. I declare it now, it is ambush time. It is finishing time. I may have to crawl over the finish line, but I will be crawling come January the 1st. All, my, all of my energy may be gone. If I've got to get down on my knees, so be it. If I've got to crawl there, I'm not going to finish this year. I'm not going to finish this year dead, but I will live, declares the Lord. I shall prosper these at next eight weeks. Why? Because I'm stepping into a new beginning. I'm stepping into new hope starting today. Listen. The Word says, but at the end, it will speak. There is something that God wants to do inside of me today. That if I sat up here and told you all, there'd be people that, 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 that would point and laugh because my present is so far from where he wants me to be. It's that great. Some of you, I could call you up here and there is something that God wants to do inside of you that if you shared it right now, many people would point and laugh because your present where you are now is so far from what he's trying to do in you. Guess what? There is something that God is trying to do in this very legacy church today that if we were to share it right now, Rome, Georgia would point its fingers and laugh at us. If Rome, Georgia knew what we were doing about 35 minutes ago, Rome, Georgia would probably be pointing and laughing. But I I don't care what Rome, Georgia thinks about me right now because let me tell you something. Right now, God wants to do something that even Rome, Georgia would point and laugh at. Why? Because Rome, Georgia has never seen the likes of what God wants to do to a remnant of people that is full of the fire and full of the Spirit. But if you can ambush, if you can stick with it, if you faint not, at the end, you will no longer word says you will no longer have to defend it but it will defend you no longer will you have to talk it will talk for you and at the end the spirit will tell your enemies I told you it was the Lord on their side who was fighting for them would you just raise up your hands with me today 
Come on, let's declare it over this house today. Something's changing in the spirit. Something's breaking, I can feel it. Heaven, come down. Oh, yes. Heaven, come down. Something's changing in the spirit. Something's breaking, I can feel it. Heaven, come down. Heaven, come down. Something's changing in the spirit. Something's breaking, I can feel it. Heaven, come down. Lord, it felt impossible. Heaven, come down. Something's changing in the spirit. I just feel something breaking. Something's breaking, I can feel Heaven, come down. Heaven, come down. Something's changing in the spirit. Something's breaking, I can feel it. Heaven, come down. Come on, let's sing it out to Heaven, come down. Something's changing in the spirit. Something's breaking, I can feel it. Over my house, 
God, open up the heavens over every home that's represented at Legacy Church. God, I pray when somebody turns on their street, they start feeling the anointing of the Spirit. I'm praying for a drive-by conviction to happen right about now, God. I'm praying for a drive-by revival. The person just drives by and feels a convicting shift, something that's pulling their heart, God. Does it seem too big for some of the ears that are listening? Yes. But in your ear today, all things are possible to him who believes. And today, we believe it. Today, we receive it. It is done. It is done. It is done. I'm declaring a remnant to rise up from this church. A remnant that is so full of the Holy Spirit and fire. God, right now, God, you are raising up people in this church that when they lay their hands upon the sick, they will recover, oh God. Oh, God, I feel somebody's tongue getting loose and they're about to cast out demons right now in this city. I feel it in my spirit, God. Let it happen today. God, I pray for the spirit of heaviness to be lifted off. I pray that the spirit of heaviness gives birth to new garments today. We take off the garment, the spirit of heaviness, and we put on a garment of praise today, oh God. We put on a finishing garment today, oh God. I declare it over this house. You did not call us to be wimps. You called us to be warriors. And we are warriors of the spirit. God, I pray as we leave this place, bind us together with strong cords of love that cannot be broken. God, I pray, Lord, that you remove every ounce of fear from the body of Christ. God, I pray, God, that you, uh, that you anoint our feet, that you would order our steps this week. God, I pray we talk more about you this week than we talk about a candidate. God, I pray we quote more scriptures this week than we quote uh, electoral stats, oh God. God, I pray that we shine a light in places of darkness this week. God, we didn't call us to ball up in a corner. You call us to rise up and run this, this week. These next eight weeks, I believe we're gonna hear testimonies. I believe people are gonna dream dreams. I believe people are gonna catch hold of visions. These next eight weeks, God, and it will shape the next year for the family of God. Open up the heavens right now in your name. Amen and amen. Can we give God just one more hand clap of praise today? Our ushers are coming today. They're going to dismiss you from the back to the front, row by row. You'll be exiting this way. Remember, go online uh, tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Reserve your seat. I can't wait to worship with you next week. Have a great, great week. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Church podcast. For more information, visit LegacyChurchRome.org.